This is the Thinking Biblically podcast for April the 21st, 2020. This is the Thinking Biblically podcast with Bible teacher Alan Gilman. Alan regards the entire Bible as the only inspired written Word of God. Through his teaching, he seeks to apply all Scripture to every area of life. More information about Alan Gilman's Bible teaching is available at his website, alangilman.ca. Hello, everyone. This is Alan Gilman with the Thinking Biblically podcast. This is the first time I'm getting back to you since the COVID-19 crisis began. I've been wanting to put something together, and I'm sure like many of you, uh, we have just been going crazy trying to get done what we think we need to get done. And um, I've been hoping to do something. So anyway, here I am. I'd like to share with you what I'm calling the cure for disorientation. Never before in the history of the world has everyone everywhere been united in the exact same experience. We are all going crazy. Maybe you've seen the list of 25 items on the web that illustrate how our feeling crazy isn't so crazy. It's a list that's been popping up all over the place. I tried to find out who the original author is, and I can't. If, if you know who it is, let me know so I could properly credit them. What I like to do, um, you could always skip ahead if you've heard this already, if you read it. I'd like to read the whole list of 25. It's pretty amazing. So here we go. One. Basically, you can't leave the house for any reason, but if you have to, then you can. Two, masks are useless, but maybe you have to wear one. It can save you. It is useless, but maybe it's mandatory as well. Three, stores are closed, except those that are open. Four, you should not go to hospitals unless you have to go there. Same applies to doctors. You should only go there in case of emergency, provided you are not too sick. Five, this virus is deadly, but still not too scary, except that it sometimes it actually leads to a global disaster. Six, gloves won't help, but they can still help. Seven, everybody needs to stay home, but it's important to go out. Eight, there is no shortage of groceries in the supermarket, but there are many things missing when you go there in the evening, but not in the morning, sometimes. Nine, the virus has no effect on children except those it affects. 10. Animals are not affected, but there's still a cat that tested positive in Belgium in February when no one had been tested, plus a few tigers here and there. 11. You will have many symptoms when you are sick, but you can also get sick without symptoms, have symptoms without being sick, or be contagious without having symptoms. Oh my. 12. In order not to get sick, you have to eat well and exercise but eat whatever you have on hand, and it's better not to go out. Well, but no. 13. It's better to get some fresh air, but you get looked at very wrong when you get some fresh air, and most importantly, you don't go to parks or walk. But don't sit down, except that you can do that now if you're old, but not for too long, or if you are pregnant, but not too old. 14. You can't go to retirement homes, but you have to take care of the elderly and bring food and medication. 15. If you are sick, you can't go out, but you can go to the pharmacy. 16. You can get restaurant food delivered to the house, which may have been prepared by people who didn't wear masks or gloves, but you have to have your groceries decontaminated outside for three hours. Pizza too? 17. Every disturbing article or disturbing interview starts with, I don't want to trigger panic, 
But 18, you can't see your older mother or grandmother, but you can take a taxi and meet an older taxi driver. 19, you can walk around with a friend, but not with your family if they don't live under the same roof. 20, you are safe if you maintain the appropriate social distance, but you can't go out with friends or strangers at the safe social distance. 21, the virus remains active on different surfaces for two hours. No, four. No, six. No, we didn't say hours. Maybe days. But it takes a damp environment. Oh, no, not necessarily. 22. The virus stays in the air. Well, no, or yes, maybe, especially in a closed room. In one hour, a sick person can infect 10. So if it falls, all our children were already infected at school before it was closed. But remember, if you stay at the recommended social distance, however, in certain circumstances, you should maintain a greater distance, which studies show the virus can travel further, maybe. 23. We count the number of deaths, but we don't know how many people are infected as we have only tested so far those who were almost dead to find out if that's what they will die of. 24. We have no treatment, except that there may be one that apparently is not dangerous unless you take too much, which is the case with all medications. 25. We should stay locked up until the virus disappears, but it'll only disappear if we achieve collective immunity, so when it circulates, but we must no longer be locked up for that. Well... One of the ways I've been keeping my bearings is that in my daily Bible reading journal, I make a note that to me, it's like Captain Kirk's Star Trek log, you know, Captain's log, star date, 4513.3. I've been counting my COVID-19 days from the first Sunday our church building was closed, which was March 15th. That makes today C19, day 38. To be fair, Calling how we feel insanity isn't truly accurate, though I'm happy to leave that judgment to you. What I think I'm actually feeling, which might be what you're feeling too, is disoriented. Not only is the current virus strain novel, so is everything that goes along with it. It's no wonder government directives on how to best navigate the situation are contradictory. No one really knows what's going on, where it's going, or how long it will last. Are we doing enough? Are we doing too much? Is there any way to be sure? You may be bored out of your mind. You may be busier than ever. You may get to the end of the day and feel guilty for not accomplishing anything, but can't think of what it was you should have done. And since we're living with 24-7 connectivity, we can't stop. Uh, it's like, let's take a break from our Zoom calls and watch some Netflix. But first, I need to get caught up with my Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Then, then perhaps I will do my online fitness class for the first time in two weeks. What? It's 1 a.m. already? Excuse me while I wash my hands. How come I have happy birthday stuck in my head all day long? To be honest, I lost it the other day. Uh, am I the only one? I was so overwhelmed with being busy and seemingly having nothing to show for it, I was starting to dump on my wife. Then she said something that I really didn't want to hear at the time. It was something to the effect of losing sight of the big picture. Come on, I'm the big picture guy. Haven't you been to my seminar? What are you talking about? But she was right. I'd become so focused on the details of life. Well, actually not. The details themselves had become fuzzy, out of context. I couldn't see how anything fit anymore. I was just trying to get stuff, whatever stuff, done, that the stuff itself had become meaningless. And why? I lost sight of the big picture. We forget how much we depend on the big picture, any big picture to cope with day-to-day life. From when we get up, So when we go to bed, we usually unconsciously relate the details of life to our understanding of life itself. Whatever big picture we have, 
It's what drives us, rewards us, condemns us. It's our meta-narrative. That's a fancy word for the grand encompassing story that informs every other story of our lives. So it's the meta-narrative that provides our standards, values, and goals. It's what makes us feel good or bad about ourselves. Whether your meta-narrative is right, wrong, or a mixture of the two, the current crisis has likely obscured it, if not destroyed it altogether. However you made sense of the world until now, it doesn't make any sense anymore. Those of us who claim to have a well-delineated worldview may think we are immune to losing focus. But a crisis, be it a typical personal one or a unique global one like the one we're in right now, tends to challenge our assumptions and expose both the weaknesses in what we have claimed to believe and our ability to believe it. Perhaps your worldview is that there is no big picture, that life is meaningless and disjointed. You do what you do because it's what you feel like doing at the time. Goals and routine are nothing more than practical conveniences to suit your personal preferences. If that's the case, then the current crisis is forcing you into a meta-narrative. You don't get to control your own story anymore. You can strive as much as you like to get control of the steering wheel of your life, but other forces are now driving you. Despite your denying the existence of any grand meaning and purpose, you too are disoriented. So once I had accepted that I'd lost perspective, I began to imagine how the current confusion could fit into God's meta-narrative as I understand it from the Bible. It really helped me to remember the following. First, we live in a world created good, but it's gone bad due to human rebellion against God. Since then, God has been at work to renew His creation and invites His human creatures to join Him in that process. Three, the Bible alone provides us with God's revelation of His plans and purposes so that we can live effective godly lives. Four, godly effective living must be rooted in reconciliation with God through faith in the Messiah. And five, our troubles, big or small, should not distract us as we rely on God to direct us and sustain us through the process of His plans and purposes. Oh yeah, and there's always this one. It's not about me. Now, being aware of God's meta-narrative doesn't automatically resolve our disorientation. It takes a purposeful act of the heart and mind to connect ourselves and our situations to the truth of life from God's perspective. However, we cannot make that connection unless we have a grasp of God's perspective, his epic story, as I like to call it. Tragically, even people who read the Bible regularly fail to grasp the big picture of God's epic story— That's due to either the tendency to read the Bible in disconnected chunks, or to view it through one of many skewed filters imposed upon it, or both. You may have heard me describe the big picture of God's story as God's rescue operation of the creation through Abraham and his descendants. In my opinion, it's once we grasp this that the details of the Bible begin to become clear, and we can discover our place in God's plan. No crisis, be it global pandemic or localized disaster undermines the depth of meaning waiting for us to discover in the Bible rightly understood. It's not too late to discover or rediscover God's epic story and our role in it. This is why um, I've decided I'm going to try to do my epic story seminar online. I'm planning for a start date of May the 6th. That's a Wednesday. I'm planning for 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, I'll do it if I can get 
uh, enough people to, to sign up. There won't be any cost. It'd be great if people could um, partner with me in my teaching ministry. And you can find out how to do that by going to my website, alangilman.ca. And, uh, and all the information about that is there. Um, but if you are interested in signing up, so it's free of charge. If you get enough people, you can sign up and I'll let you know all the details. Uh, if it's going ahead on that date, that time, all the rest of it too. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be via Zoom, but this is part of the, the challenge that I've been facing like many others in the past several weeks is navigating the technology. So anyway, that's probably how we're going to do it. Um, some of you may have already been to my seminar live. Some people have, have uh, gotten hold of my Epic Story Seminar Bible Study. Um, I'm going to be doing this different in the sense that we'll do it about an hour a week instead of over a weekend. And then we'll have a Q&A afterwards. Anyway, as I said, all the instructions will be sent to you if you sign up. And I've made a special uh, web address for you to find the form. There's no obligation. Um, I'll confirm the details with you. And anyway, you could decide later on if you're going to do it for sure uh, once you get all the details. But if you would like to put your name in as definitely interested to do the seminar, hopefully it'll start, as I said, May the 6th. It's a Wednesday night in two weeks uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, go to this web address. It's tinyurl.com slash epic seminar May 2020. All lowercase, all one word. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash epic seminar May 2020. And the whole thing is lowercase. There's never any spaces in these web addresses. They're called URLs. Web addresses, um, the capitals and small letters that's uppercase and lowercase that makes a difference so all of this is lowercase tinyurl.com slash epic seminar may 2020 i plan to put this information in the description of the podcast uh, so it should be there but once more tinyurl.com slash epic seminar may 2020 no spaces all lowercase Please share this podcast with other people. Go to my website, alangilman.ca, sign up for my newsletter, see how you could support my teaching ministry, especially at this time. Um, send me your comments and questions. You know what to do. So until next time, this is Alan Gilman for Thinking Biblically. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Biblically podcast with Bible teacher Alan Gilman. More information about Alan Gilman's Bible teaching is available at his website, alangilman.ca.